0: is still gay, disponible in La Primavera de
1: 2024. We can control our own destiny. And Rosanna, you are one of those voices, you're one of the silence breakers, and we all owe you a debt of gratitude. He comes in his white bathrobe, you know. My neck hurts. Oh my god, I can't move my neck. Rosanna. And I say, Well, I'll get you a Masseuse. I step back. And he goes, No, 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 Rosanna, and grabs my hand, pulls it down. It's like, ah. Pulls it, pull it away and he goes, Rosanna, you're making a very big mistake. Look what I've done and he named a big Oscar winner and a very big model.
0: Welcome to another episode of In Our Words. This is Ambra Gutierrez, your host, and today's guest is an amazing woman, beautiful, talented, and a survivor, Rosanna Arcad actress, film director, and film producer, as well as an ambassador for an amazing cause. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so honored to be able to have this conversation and... I already feel so close to you even if I just met you and maybe because of our experiences and, Yawala yeah, well I would love to get to know you a little bit.
1: Thank you so much and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy that you're doing this work because it's very important um, to share your experiences and hope and strength with other women who've experienced assault and, and uh, harassment and, of course, women who've been raped. That's how everybody else is going to be able to heal by it's like a chain across the world even though we didn't know each other i know you you know and uh uh, in all this one year anniversary today that the story of ronan farrow at the new yorker came out the wonderful journalist who has been an incredible friend in my life and i know yours and i i trust him very much
0: yeah, thank God for Ronan Farrow. Yes. <laughs> he freed me. And of course, he uncovers so many bad things that were
1: happening, and so many didn't want to let those things out. It took me a long time to, I mean, I was very afraid to speak to him. Also, I spoke to the New York Times, but they had the competitive stories, and Ronan had been working on the story for a year. And then, of course, the New York Times, you know, had their version of it. But for a minute, I was quite frightened. But the one thing that he always had was this compassion and calm listening and never, never was about, never felt it was about the story. It was about, he really cared. And I guess that probably came from his sister who had experienced molestation and, and allegedly they say, but it's in the court papers and everything is there in the court papers for that case. So he, he lived with that, with his, to his, you know.
0: Yeah. It was also so brave for
1: court. doing yes. it. Yes. He risks so much. So much. And still risking a lot. Well, it. I think the world is seeing what an incredible journalist he is. He's now, you know, even becomes like a joke in Saturday Night Live, you know, it's, he's in the in the culture, he's becoming iconic, but his reporting, and he's such a genius, you know, he just sent in his, his, uh, thesis to get, his doctorate. I mean, could be a doctor. I said, when are you going to be an astronaut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dream big, let's say. <laughs> yeah, he could do anything. He got, you know, he was in college at 11 years old. Jesus' such an incredible And story. good that he's
0: using this power that he has, let's say, for helping others. So yeah. that's like most amazing thing that I could say. Yes. yes. Yes, elevator. And yeah, I wanted to start a little bit talking about you on how you started with your Uh, actress career it was your passion since ever like what made you got into that
1: well I grew up um, in the family of uh, my mother was an actress an acting teacher and then she became a therapist for abused women she did a one-woman show on her own sexual abuse as a child so that which is I really would like to rekindle and have uh, it be generational and have my sister and I and my daughter all perform it because it was pretty incredible and that was many many years ago but she she you know worked in that so that's not why i became an actress um i, I, I of course some am add so i just went off but my father was an actor we grew up around second city in chicago and then we moved to california i was I'm born in new york and it just that's that was just what i was doing that's how i i i just loved um to work I studied with some wonderful teachers uh Sandra Seacat um Susan Batson for a minute who was incredible um and yeah the rest is I, I'm still trying but I'm also now you know a lot of years were taken away and a lot of people say well you know you can't prove that he hurt your career but you know yeah I wanted did. to <laughs> speak about that
0: in in a minute I mean I wanted to like resumes of You got so many awards and nominees, such as Emmys and Golden Globes, and like you had an amazing career and everything. So I wanted to let the audience understand that something happened when she's tried to do something about what happened with Harvey Weinstein back back then. So.
1: Well. I wasn't as fortunate as you are um, and with your story, and thank God you had the the support of the New York Police Department. Um, When I told people, and this was in the early 90s, people told me to shut up, be really careful, you can't go against him. So it kind of shut everything down, and i but I told a lot of people, and they know now, wow, so I thank God I did be praising you right, well, because it was a now you know people like Jane Fonda who's my mentor and great friend. I had told her before she remembered that came out, and said, "Oh, Rosanna told me this a while ago, you know, so it wasn't just about this story coming out, people knew um through the years, but you didn't have the support because um he was the king of Hollywood, and people were very threatened that to go up against him was dangerous. And you know what? We're finding people still support him. That's true. But, I mean, there are so many way of
0: right now talking and having our voices out and for like thanking God that we are listened and I mean I I feel that like all those social medias and gave power to to people so right now we are knowing each other as me and you right now are talking and we understanding who could be in our side and that can give us strength to you know taking these people down and um, yeah I mean I wanted to like have you talking about your years before that, how was your your career? How many movies you've done? I, and like, I
1: think I've done, a, I I can't even count them. Probably about seventy. I've done a lot of films, a lot of television, and I really love to work. You know, we find I made a movie about aging. Like in my fort, when I turned forty, I think it was about forty. Um, I did a film called Searching for Deborah Winger, which is explores ageism in Hollywood, and um, and there's some sexual harassment in there. Uh, a story that in a big luncheon with a uh, Melanie Griffith's house with many wonderful actresses talking about my sister tells a very creepy story in there. So we explored these themes in it. But now, yeah, I, it's hard for me to talk about my, my yeah, uh, the, the career. I don't. I I, I I did do a lot of work. with Martin Scorsese. I worked with John Sales. Quentin Tarantino. David Cronenberg. John Sales. Some of the best. Jonathan Demme. Wonderful, wonderful directors. Hal Ashby. You know, great, great, great directors. That I was fortunate enough to be able to work with them. So, but what I just- was the
0: most enjoyed awards that you won in your career? Like, what was the thing that
1: really made you feel so? happy about what you were doing at all i love the experience of working with martin scorsese when i got to twice um i thought he was such an incredible director he's done six movies with harvey maybe more and uh i certainly would have loved to talk to him in this time uh he just came out and was very supportive of Ileana douglas and her story with uh, les moonves so i was really happy to hear that because we need the support of males with support of men You know, I had a very, very big director tell me, oh, I really wanted you for this movie. He, and he's a huge director, and and I said, I wish you would come out and say this for me. It's so important. This is a few years ago he told me this, before the Harvey story. I ran into him about six weeks ago, and I said, could you please, please tell this um, to people who would really mean a lot to me, because it, it really says, like Peter Jackson said about Mira and Ashley, he was talked out of them, and he He said, I I don't remember that. I I don't. And he backed up. And then I realized he was with some people who were friends of that whole crowd. And I was like, wow, it still exists. Here it is. What can you do? people are still afraid even if men right are now. very afraid right now men are so threatened because what we're experiencing here is a paradigm shift in consciousness and the end of patriarchy as we've known it that is what's happening right now and they're very angry and they're very threatened as we all have seen through this living through this weekend with the uh, confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh and and a president who's shutting trying to shut our voices down and say we're crazy and it's just like he's fueled this rage and fire keep going because this is not going away everybody We, there are many, many women who are very triggered and afraid right now. There's so many, so many scared and fearful women right now who are so afraid to not be able to tell their stories because of what happened this weekend. But we're all here to tell you it's okay. You have a safe space with us as sisters and we will listen and we will believe you like we believe Christine Blasey Ford and the other women that came out. And we are here to listen and believe you and this is not going away and we will not be silenced
0: yeah this is this should be the experience that we have to use for stopping things to happen and of course trying to also be smart for our future things like that should not happen and we have to understand a way like we have to think of how to strategize have these things to be stopped in a way that nobody could shut us in any way
1: well it's equality we have to fight for equality still and it's i just saw um last night the preview of the Gloria Steinem play that Christine Lottie is in, and some amazing, wonderful actresses, actors, the women that are so incredible, and it's the story of Gloria and her her road to activism through African American community of women who really were the women who started this movement yeah. of equality, and it was wonderful to to see the credit go to where it belonged, and Gloria, you know, brought it to the to the public, being you know a white woman. And so she kind of brought it out there, but she gives credit to all these incredible women who actually were the voice behind her that helped spur her. And she here she is at, what, 82 now, still out there. And I was sobbing in the audience last night. I was just crying so hard because, we, you know, it feels like we've gone backwards. It looks like we're going backwards, but we all have, we can't give up no matter what. And we're all willing to die for this one. And we're going to do this. And we're going to change this at all. You've just come from the Philippines where you're trying to, which is a very dangerous place to be right now, especially for women, especially for homosexuals. It's a uh, scary. And um, we're, we're I, I, I think they're going to be outnumbered. <laughs> women, are, women are, are women outnumber men. In the world, so watch out. Yeah, <laughs> this I'm saying it. It's a warning, even yeah. to the president of the United States. You, you know, you, you're going you can call us crazy. We're not, and we will continue. And, and what happened to your daughter who was all involved with sex trafficking? when you first came into the into the presidency, I, I'm just curious. Suddenly, that was her. That was going to be her her work working against sex trafficking. I don't know what happened there, but suddenly that disappeared. We're lo- we're looking at the fact that. Sex trafficking and selling of young children is big business. Billions and billions and billions of dollars are made around the world.
0: Yeah, you are a big advocate about these codes, and now we—I would really wanted to listen what you have to
1: say um, on um, this matter. Well, I started with Dr, uh, Doctor Doctor um, with Ruchira Gupta, who happens to be the best friend of Gloria Steinem, one of her best friends. She's uh, an Indian journalist, and she noticed that all these young, where the women were disappearing from villages, and all the young girls were being sold into sex slavery brothels as young as seven, um, and some having intercourse, being raped. 10 times a day and she started an organization called Apnea and I work closely with her but it was her that opened my eyes to the problem that is here in America which nobody wants to think that it is, but it is it's a huge problem here in America and we have very 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 big money behind this I know you're having anxiety right now it's triggering you because when we think about children we think how can this be it's like Satan it's the most satanic most horrible thing that you can think that people are profiting off children where are those children on the border? Where have they disappeared to? Now we're hearing different stories, like they're being sold in their adoption. I want to see those parents who adopted those children. I want to see those paper, what paperwork, who gave you the right to do this? Or being are they being sold into to pimps? And that's for me the question I have, and uh, and I we do know that there's huge business in organ trafficking. We also know that you know you don't treat human beings like they're treating the people in the border. Americans are treating people in the border. It's even it's as bad as Nazi Germany death camps.
0: So um, yeah, another thing you came here
1: in New York for like speaking about this. That so to yes at the UN um, tomorrow there will be a movie um, that Ruchir. We'll is one of the producers of, called uh, Love Sonia. And it's based on a true story of a young girl who was at one of the girls in India who was brought over in a tanker and brought to a brothel in Malibu. And I I really look forward to seeing this. And um, my friend Sybil robson Orr, who's uh, donated money, has helped many girls um, go to college, in um, India, uh, is is going to be honored tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Thank you for so much for for doing this. I mean, like we we need to speak about the situation that are happening because has women has a voice now. Also, if we are scared, you know, like we still can do something. But childrens, you know, like how can somebody do something like that to? people that cannot even like fight for themselves you know like that's something that really really disgusts me and hopefully now that i was saying i came back from the philippines and trying to do something um that is about what you're doing in there that is very difficult because i mean like you know Population there is so big, and people just disappear like they were never existed. And um,
1: that's what they're doing. That's how they sell them into trafficking. There's, there's um, they traffic the young kids for profit all around the world. It's a huge, huge problem. I mean, um, and this is hard to say because men don't want to let go of their porn. But I blame the pornography industry. Um, it's gotten so out of control, where young little kids can get on their iPhone. Um, just this dark, dark web. It's not even like the old days where it's just it's turned into something so dark and horrible. So we ha- we know that there's a direct correlation because the girl that was brutally raped and murdered on a bus by all these men in India, they had just before that happened been watching. Really hardcore porn on their iPhones before they raped and just killed her brutally. There's, you know, we know that young boys who are addicted to porn online, um, by the time they're, uh, and, and they're, you know, they masturbate, and by the time they're sometimes 16, 17, they can't get an erection anymore, so they resort to violence. There's a problem here. This is a systemic, deep sickness. That needs to change, and we have to have this awareness and and educate young boys now to to treat women with respect. no means no um that's that's where it needs to start, so parents have to understand, and you have a guy, oh yeah, you go out there and you know sleep with a hooker when you're you're sixteen boy you know i mean that's that's the kind of consciousness that is happening in, especially in this country, but I think um. In most countries, um, unfortunately, and we have to change that. It, it, it's it's not okay, and we're saying no. And I, at the end of the day, I'm saying that women outnumber men. They do. So let's be brave. Mm-hmm. And
0: try to be united, that's the part that I really wanted to try to really advocate for because women have to really support each other because I feel that also at the time when you try to speak about you know what happened to you and like I didn't have a support nobody agents.
1: at the time in, and it was what's murky for me it's t- you know it's like that's what's hard it's like the agents at the time, the film at the time that I was seeing Mr. Weinstein for. It's all I, I I know what the movie was. He ended up not doing the movie, which is what the New York Times reported. But at the time, and you know what, he could have been lying the whole time. He could have said. I have this movie, it's with Gary Oldman, you're starring in it, I, you're playing his wife, I really want you for it, I have the new script, you know, that's, but it, all all of it could have been a lie, because, you know, when he said to me, my incident at the Beverly Hills Hotel, when I went to the Beverly Hills Hotel and I was supposed to have dinner with him, and they said, Mr. Weinstein will see you upstairs, and I went up in the elevator, and I, my heart was racing, I said, eh, this doesn't feel right. And I, you know, like danger, danger, you get that feeling. But I thought, oh, then my brain goes, oh, it's probably the penthouse suite, like an apartment. It's a house. You know, it's not, he comes in his white bathrobe, you know, my neck hurts. Oh my God, I can't move my neck. Rosanna. And I said, well, I'll get you a masseuse. I step back. And he goes, no, 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 Rosanna. And grabs my hand, pulls it down. It's like, ah, pulls it, pull it away. And he goes, Rosanna, you're making a very big mistake. Look what I've done. And he named a big Oscar winner. And a very big model, and I haven't said their names out loud. I don't think in the print or anything because it's not fair to them. Um, one of them did come out, and I. But I. I don't know if it's okay for me to say that. But I, I'm her, I'm sure she's set, heard this before. But um, I just don't feel comfortable saying that for her. But you know that was a lie. That's how he. That's how he lured people. And some people bought the hook. Some people took that and said, "Okay, look what I want an Oscar." Like some people may. It, it was rape. Do you know what I mean? And they, they, I don't know. I don't know anyone who ever gave in to this man that I know of. I said, I'll never be that girl and left and went down to the bottom of that elevator. And so truly things quickly shifted. And there was like this cloud or there was this energy or there was this gossip. And like, I didn't know what was happening. Didn't realize what was really happening. Agents were like, mm, eh, you know, or she's difficult or whatever. And it wasn't true. And you can go to these directors that I've worked with, and they're not going to say that. So when you have big business, and Harvey was big business, and you have big, big companies backing him, they're they're interested in one thing, and that's their profit. Is um, also because of this
0: experience that you're trying to like work with women's rights and you know trying to be
1: their voices or i've always been involved way before this this is uh i was born into a family of activists i mean my sister um used her oscar speech to talk about equality and equal pay um patricia arquette and uh this is my brother david is a huge activist has just made an amazing film with his wife christina arquette a, a survivor's guide in prison, uh, an amazing documentary, a survivor guide to prison, and it's pretty incredible about the prison system. We've all been activists all our lives. I mean, the first thing I remember was my mother, and I've told this story before, but it's it's a great story because I got to meet Martin Luther King when I was a young girl. So I was in the back of a truck with him, and my and it was for an anti-war uh, march, anti-Vietnam march um that my mother was one of the organizers for and and she wrote painted on my body stop the war kill no more and uh and and I was in the back of the truck and he said put a shirt on that little girl so <laughs> but wow that that's amazing I mean I have possibility to
0: say something like that and of course I mean being an activist is something I always did in my life let's say like even when I was a kid I always said like mom you know what I want I want to change the world, you know, it was something that came, I remember my mom always telling me, yeah, but, you know, so many people were, like, always saying, yeah, yeah, you're going to change the world, right, but, I don't know, it was, like, this energy inside myself that always told me, like, Amber, you're going to do something like that, you know, like, I always believed in myself so much, and I feel that even, I mean, with what happened this last year, I... I am doing something, you know, and that's like really what is the strong power for my life. I mean, I'm super happy for doing something that could help others. And I feel that that's like the really meaning of life, doing things, changing people's lives and helping others because that's the most happiness that comes into myself is when I help someone that I feel useful for, for others. Because if, you know, like we have the power,
1: like let's use it for that, you know. We have we have, because of this experience, um, and we've all kind of joined as sisters. Most of us across the, in, in this experience. There's many many women um, that are not actresses who have been affected by this man. But it sparked a story and it sparked a movement that already existed. But uh, Tarana Burke, who put together the Me Too movement 17 years ago for women who a place for them to share their stories and heal. So it was able to spark her amazing movement that she had started years ago and bring it to the surface in a way that was very powerful for her. Um, The Cosby case, you know, all these women coming out and speaking out. So in it, we have to turn this horror into positive energy. I'm sure you experience like I do every day. Someone writes me and tells me their story. And it's almost like we have to, you know it comes in us, and we take it on and i I even got shingles over the stress of this. It's just we're empaths, and so we take on everybody's energy, and we just want to heal them and have them feel better and just make sure they're okay because once their story comes out and it comes to the surface, then people tend to spiral into depression and anxiety and fear, and that's what we're all trying to learn how to work with that um turn the energy of the anxiety into power and of resistance and power of helping others every day. We have to, at least, if we help one person every day, they help the next person. And that is what I think is happening here. And it's not just one person, one leader of this movement. Uh, we give the Me Too, of course, to, to Rana and, and that she started this, this Me Too. But uh, we are all the leaders. I, I don't believe there's a leader of this movement. And I think the problem happened with this when some people came out and said they are the leader of this movement and it's just it's not healthy and it was not inclusive in the way it should be and it became um about ego and it became divisive and it became destructive and it became really wrong energy for what we're trying to do
0: yeah no absolutely that i mean what you said this is about everyone and everyone can do something you don't need to be super famous or like very brave or strong like just be united listen to everyone and give the right matter to every story because everyone can do something to change this and we should not stop on talking and especially working on this because if we keep on doing something active for changing some stuff happening like right now also I'm working with this organization that is a um, model alliance here in New York. And they also passed a uh, law in California about heartaches. It's like a respect program that they're trying to push on artist business because we're trying to avoid sexual harassment and sexual assaults in those situations. So
1: I have something to say about that, which I think is really important that, that that's happened. But I also think that um, they got to stop sending 15, 14 year old girls out to. Japan by themselves and to Italy by themselves and to Paris by themselves without really a chaperone. And what is that really going on? Because I think a lot of damage gets done
0: there. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And that's why also in the Respect program, there is also a closure about starting this modeling industry just at 18 years old. Because me too, I started when I was 19 and I didn't lose anything. I actually gained because I finished my study. I had, you know, my mind that worked for itself. You know, I wasn't like influenced by people telling me change this, lose weight, go there. I and think it's pedophilia. Yes, I think it, it's, is.
1: it is. It's a, it's a sick, you know, energy of these men who want young little girls who are underage modeling in, in the guise of modeling. It's not right. I agree. Eighteen, finish your work, then go and do what you can with a good head on your shoulders, a good education. But, you know, the parents that are like pushing their kids out there basically are pimping their kids. It makes me sick. No, yeah,
0: absolutely. The The decision of doing modeling came from me, like my mom, it was there, always supportive. But I feel that, you know, yeah, I don't like parents that push them to do things like that because you don't know what your kid wants. Maybe they want to be like a next surgeon, brain surgeon, and you're pushing them to be model, you know.
1: Well, I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of young little models and then they get anorexia. And for me, that's a direct correlation, not always. But they have to feel like they have to be so thin to be, in the, you know. Someone's telling them you, you're you're gonna be loved only yeah. if. But a lot of anorexia does come hand in hand with some kind of assault. Not always, not always, but a good majority of the time, and it's something to look at. Yeah, it's more an abuse. It's a, it's a sign, it's a signal, and it's a danger signal. It's a red flag. Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it comes from an abuse that it's like mentally or physical, and yeah, of course, it can react into different things. It's anorexic problems, or depression, or other sort of like um, health health problem, mental problem. So, yeah, well, that's a very long, long yes. discussion. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is.
1: It's part of the trauma, and healing trauma is a huge. I work very closely with a woman named Dr. Astrid Hagar, who has the violence intervention program. In Los Angeles, it's at USC Medical Center. She started um, her. She was the first key witness as a pediatrician in in a very famous case, the McMartin Nursery School case, where these all these young kids had been molested and abused. And she was the key witness, and she saw this epidemic of all these children coming in. So she started the violence intervention program she's one of my most favorite human beings I've ever met and she works so closely with these kids one day I had a meeting with her and she came with her stethoscope and she she came in she goes I'm sorry I'm late she was at the morgue where a six-month-old baby had been raped and dead okay so this is the sickness that is in mankind right now what we have to we have to fix this we have to fix this I don't know how we're going to do it education matters and respect start with You know person by person, what we're doing now, just talking and educating that this is wrong. Um, But I partnered with her, the family I started, Alexis Arquette, my trans sister who died of AIDS-related causes two years ago, on September 11th it just was. We partnered together and we formed a clinic together that she, well, she formed the clinic at uh, at the Violence Intervention Program and it is called the Alexis Project which helps LGBTQ youth and 60% of the homeless kids on the street um, are LGBT and have been molested and raped. It's a, it's a, it's a a huge number. Yeah, it's a big number. And it's probably more than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, talking about this, it should be a conversation that we have to have because people out there, me too, like before not knowing things like this would happen, I would never think of. And of course, like, We have to like educate people out there that things are happening. This is life, but we can do something to change it. So I'm glad.
1: I want to say it's my family, uh, the foundation on behalf of my family, the Alexis Arquette Family Foundation, which is all of us together, we've partnered with dr astrid haker
0: yeah no amazing <laughs> yeah. fundamentals in in your family i'm, I'm so <laughs> yeah <laughs> my uh,
1: my sister does such incredible work well they, they all do everybody has an active voice and always has and i respect and honor them and we're all individuals we all have our own way of doing things and we respect each other's way
0: so um, as right now do you have any sort of advice that you would give to anyone
1: that is out there that maybe wanted to like do something and how they can start healing? Well, in every community there are there are groups and I think you can even go online and look and see in your community just, you know, support groups are always helpful and just so that you feel supported even, you know, with a few women and you have a place to go to share your feelings if you there are there are places if you can't afford therapy that's okay. There are support groups that, and I, that's what Tarana Burke did, you know. For me too, was a supportive. Group. Yes, yes. So it's really important, even if it's one person, you know, to be your voice for you to be able to share your deepest feelings with, and know that you're safe. You don't have to come out publicly ever if you don't feel comfortable. That's okay. But know that you are, you don't have to keep it inside of you. You, are, you can share it, you can write it, write it and burn it. Write write a letter to the perpetrator who did this awful thing to you or the people that did these horrible things. Write it, write it, write it, write it, write it. Get it out of you. Share it with somebody else and then burn it. And just even that act is is healing and helpful. Um, And know that you're safe. Know that you have angels around you. And know that you are going to be okay no matter what, and just then pass it down, pass it along. You help just one other person and let them know that they're safe to talk to you. And it's a chain. And we're all a sisterhood here and a brotherhood because many, many boys, because I also work with many, many, many boys. It's not just just women. It's human beings who have been molested and raped. So we have to remember that. Thank you very much for
0: all the things you said today and thank you for accepting this invitation here i mean i've been so honored and so happy that i met you here right now happy
1: to meet you and so inspired by you and that you're you're using this you're 25 years old enough to be my daughter (laughs) and and you're and you're using your voice and using this very very painful um toxic experience and turning it into good. And that's what we all have to do. So we can learn from you and learn from Abra, who, who's done such uh, healing by, by doing this podcast right now and going to the Philippines and using your voice to help others. That's what it's taking to heal. Next step. Yeah, to change something, and if
0: ever people wanted to reach out to you, do you have any sort of like emails or social media? Everybody
1: or? reaches out kind of through the Twitter thing and the DMing, but I have to, I have to say, I feel I um my husband has been very worried about me because I started getting really sick because I I I, I do take it on and I feel so frustrated when I can't help everybody and you have to know that I'm here for you even in spirit, um, and if I can't always get back. Because it becomes long conversations and done but, that so much for even people that came out. But you're here working on it. You're doing
0: something. So the next thing is yes, like yes, yes. helping future yes. people and so, what stopping they,
1: this. Yeah. But it's if I can't be the one to in that moment help because I've gotten some really angry ones. You didn't write me back. It's like I have Three thousand yes. <laughs> right now. I don't know. It you know it's gets overwhelming. So, um. But I I just want to say I'm I believe you. I'm your sister. We're all sisters and brothers together, and um, sharing our voice. And thank you.
0: And another thing that I have to thank the social media because a lot of people say it's negative. You know, like there is a lot of people attacking about. Uh, social media but you know it's a huge form of power that we have to communicate and also for kids you know like out there that they can like find a way to help themselves to find the foundations that could help them because before back in time nobody could have like listened to them nobody cared but you know right now you can you can find a way to like reach out to someone that could help you so that's why i wanted to like create this awareness about knowing where you want you can go and trust people to help you and and things like that because out there you're always scared to know that maybe somebody is just, you know, manipulating you and and trying to like get something from you. So
1: and then there's also the other side of that, which is I, I agree with you, but there's also the side of the crazy money-making pimps can track young people and lure them into into very unsafe uh uh, spaces there's a there's an app called safer kid it's great for parents to have because it goes and shows all the dangerous websites that their kids could be going on that actually could be the vultures trying to to nab your child you know uh, pretending like they're a little friend and a pen pal on the internet and then it ends up being some creepy guy that meets you in the park and kidnaps you and that is happening also, so I don't want to but, but I do agree with you that the voices of these children and uh, the voice of the young people, especially these Parkland students who galvanized this movement against guns after they saw their friends being slaughtered on Valentine's Day at Parkland, um, they used their grief and their shock and their depression and their pain and went right into a movement, starting yes. a movement that was so and powerful socials. they are the future. Yeah. So for me, you're the future. The young young people are the future. I'm now stepping back and you know feel like to support. We need you anyway. But no, but to support <laughs> to support the young people because it's your planet that you need to save now. It it's going to be you that really suffers. So it is the young people, and I I honor them. I love the Parkland students so much, um, and all the young people like you. There are are going to change the world. Thank you, Rosanna, thank you. so
0: much for being here and, mm-hmm. and thank you for doing everything you do. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the audience who ever wanted to reach out to me and to share your experience, I have an email of in our words at univision.net and I'll be here to listen and support you and to, as much as I can to tell your story and to inspire others. So thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Aloha, mama. Sorry for responding hasta ahora.